Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Moore, and bringing you my second episode at the helm of this year's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, whether you're listening here on Megaphone, Stitcher, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast, even azcentral.com. I appreciate so much you guys tuning in. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast if you liked it. Uh, make sure to tell your friends. We're kind of bringing you guys something a little bit different when it comes to Coyotes coverage here. So, uh, again, really appreciate you guys tuning in. And it's a busy day here, recording this here, Wednesday, January 15th, 2020. Some big news in the NHL today. The Vegas Golden Knights firing coach Gerard Gallant. And this made waves across the NHL today. A very, a very unorthodox situation in Vegas who was in first place in the Pacific Division at the holiday break. They're still in it, only three points out of the division lead, and they can head coach Gerard Gallant. We'll be getting to that a little bit later on in the podcast and uh, at Coyotes practice today at Gila River Arena and talking to Coyotes head coach Rick Tockett about the Gallant firing. We'll play you that audio, and we'll let you know what Rick Tockett had to say uh, about uh, his good friend Gerard Gallant getting let go in Vegas. But uh, first, we're going to get to the Coyotes here. They, they pick up a big win on Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks, a 6-3 win, doubling their goal total over the last three games, putting up a six spot on the Sharks. And yes, I know two of those were were empty netters, but it was still a very, very good offensive effort uh, by the Coyotes. Really a game they had to have against a, a subpar team, a, a desperate team uh, in the Sharks. You, you have to take care of these games because now the Coyotes have two games. They're on the road. They're going to Canada, and they're going to have to take down both the Edmonton Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. They haven't even seen the Vancouver Canucks yet this season, so uh, you have a team here and you have two games here uh, that are, are going to be pivotal for the Coyotes when they when they come in and, and, and try to uh, and try to get get as many points as they can before this long break. It's a really long break and honestly it's one the Coyotes probably need, right? I mean, when you look at their goaltending situation, it's looking like Auntie Ranta is, is certainly not going to start uh, on Tuesday against the Canucks. Uh, he's possible uh, to go on Saturday against the Oilers. Ranta looked like a full participant to me in Coyotes practice uh, on Monday. They also did have Aiden Hill and Ivan Prozvatov as well. So I would say Antti Ranta is questionable for Saturday, but uh, I, I don't think, and, and we have some of your questions on Twitter, guys. Thanks so much for uh, for, for responding to my tweet. I am at Moran underscore AZC on Twitter. I will be soliciting questions for this podcast on Twitter from time to time. So if you want to give me a follow on Twitter, once again, that's at R-A-M as in man, O-R-I-N uh, underscore A-Z-C. You can uh, you can send me your, your questions and I'll try to get to them. We'll get to those uh, right at the end of the podcast, guys. So if you did send in a question, uh, if you can make it through to the end, you know there might be a little <laughs> reward in it for you. So uh, that's pretty much that. And like I said, I think the break is going to help the Coyotes. They have a couple of injuries and, and that's really what we're going to mainly get to here. Uh, in this opening segment is I think the the biggest one, right, that might affect them, at least in the short term, and we're talking before this All-Star break, we're talking about these next two games, it's going to be Brad Richardson. Uh, he has a lower body injury, did not play the third period uh, on Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks. I'm just realizing now I said that Coyotes practice was on Monday. That's on Wednesday, so my days are all mixed up. But uh, anyway, uh, Brad Richardson, a lower body injury uh, on Tuesday. Rick Tockett said he's probably not going to play on Thursday against 
the Vancouver Canucks. So it'll be interesting to see what the Coyotes want to do at the center position. Unfortunately, we couldn't glean much from lines at Coyotes practice. A lot of players taking maintenance days. Uh, Connor Garland was on the ice for practice, but appeared to have a little bit of a freak incident. Uh, but Rick Taka told me after practice that it that's minor and it, it really no cause for concern. So Garland is probably okay, but you know you don't have Garland on the ice, you don't have Richardson on the ice. There is really no lines being run. So be interesting to see what they do. They recalled uh, Michael Chaput from Tucson. Uh, you know, do they slide Chaput into that fourth line role and kind of have Grabner? Uh, Grabner, Chapu, and, and Hinnestroza, or or, or or do they want to do something more of, you know, uh, kind of bringing in Hinnestroza and having him play center and kind of doing a, you know, you, you can bring in Fisher, right? You know, Grabner and, and Fisher have been sort of uh, alternating in the lineup. What you could do is you want to slide Hinnestroza over to center. You could have Grabner, Hinnestroza, and Fisher, or, you know, you can move Soderberg down. You know, I think, I think it wouldn't be the worst thing if the Coyotes wanted to break up that Keller-Soderberg-Schmaltz line. But I, I talked to Rick, Rick about this after practice, too, and kind of saying, you know, you want to find a solution for this uh, for the centers, but at the same time, you don't want to break up your top, really your top two lines, which have been Taylor Hall, Connor Garland, Christian Dvorak. That's not a line you want to break up, and you don't want to break up Lawson Krause, Derek Stepan, and Phil Kessel. Those lines have been very, very good for you. I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they could break up that Keller-Soderberg-Schmaltz line and have Schmaltz play some center, or maybe you want to move Hinnestroza up and play with Keller and Schmaltz, and you can move Soderberg down to play that fourth-line center role. So there's some options for the Coyotes. It's not a huge deal because really you're you're only expecting to be without Richardson uh, for a couple of games, maybe at the most. But still, these are a big couple of games, so I think these are these are questions you kind of have to ask. And you know, these these are big points that are on the table for the Coyotes. Two teams that are nipping at their heels. The Coyotes all alone in first place uh, when they wrapped up with a win on the Sharks uh, against the Sharks on Tuesday. So I think it's interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see what the Coyotes want to do. Uh, Jordan Osterley, Alex Galagoski, both were told took maintenance days on Wednesday, so. They're expected to be fine for Thursday against the the Canucks, and I think it'll be interesting too. You know, you have Ilya Labushkin; he's kind of he's riding the pine, and I think a couple defensemen are struggling. I thought Jason Demers had kind of a rough night on Tuesday. Jordan Osterly has has struggled at times this season, but he, but he had an okay night, I thought on on Tuesday. He uh, you know had a nice wrist shot that Taylor Hall tipped home for uh, the Coyotes' third goal of the night, which was really I think their their biggest goal of the night too. So uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting. You know, when you look at this this break, you're you're gonna have time now it looks like Antti Ranta you know hopefully is, is almost through uh whatever lower body injury he's dealing with you, you're expecting certainly that when you come out of this break Antti Ranta will be fully healthy and ready to go but then you have Darcy Kemper is more of a long-term thing he uh will not play before the all-star break and being told that he will not play in the all-star game either uh David Riddick is going to uh replace him from the Calgary Flames on the All-Star roster. And I think now now you're looking at the All-Star roster, right? And I think this is another interesting thing in wake of the Gallant firing is who is going to be the Coyotes representative at the All-Star game? It might be Rick Tockett, right? It might be Rick Tockett. The Coyotes are in first place right now. You know, uh Gerard Gallant was going to be behind the bench for the Pacific Division because the Vegas Golden Knights were in first place at the holiday break. Now there's no Gallant. Who do you have behind the bench? Maybe Rick Tockett goes. I mean, maybe there's another Coyotes player who's going to go as well. I don't know if Rick Tockett counts, you know, because every team has to have one representative, which I which I hate, and that's a conversation for another day. But 
uh, maybe does Rick Tockett count? Would does that would that satisfy the need of of one Coyotes representative, or do you still need a player as well? Either way, I think there's still a good chance that uh, Rick Tockett finds himself in St. Louis uh, next week. Uh, um, you might have to cancel some some tea times at you know TPC Scottsdale, but uh, I, th- I think he'd be willing to do it. Uh, that would be a cool experience for Rick. I, you know, I think he's earned it. I think he's had a pretty good a pretty good season, and it's crazy to think now he's one of the most uh, you know longest tenured. Uh, coaches in the NHL right now, which is absolutely mind blowing. Uh, you know him and his good friend Travis Green. I, it feels like you know both he and Greeny they they took over really not too long ago, and now they're two uh, of the longest tenured coaches in the NHL. Just the the never ending coaching carousel. It's it's absolutely bonkers the way. Uh, you know, teams are, are, are kind of letting their guys go. So uh, that's a little bit of a preview of what we're going to talk about here in, in, in our next segment, focusing on the Gerard Gallant firing, how it affects the Coyotes and and what Rick Tocken had to say about it. But just to put a pin uh, or, or just kind of wrap up our previous conversation about some some Coyotes injuries, I think at the end of the day, you know, we need to be uh, aware of what the Coyotes are, are, are doing here. And these next two games are not, okay, well, you know, we just need to get through these next two games and we're in the break. It's not like you're going and you're playing Ottawa. It's not like you're going, you know, and you're playing, you know, the LA Kings here. It's this is this is the real deal. This is a make or break road trip right before the end of the right before the end of the road trip. So I think all of these minute details are going to come into play. You know, who plays fourth line center? I know Brad Richardson has had a little bit of a tough season, but you know, he's still been a pretty big defensive player for them and he plays a premium position. He plays center. And right now, especially when you have kind of a good thing going with your lines, you, you, unless you want to throw Michael Chaput into that fourth line role, something's going to have to change. And I don't know whether it's going to be Chaput in there on Thursday. I don't know whether it's going to be Hindestroza or you know Schmaltz forced to play the center position. But that can have a trickle down effect on the rest of your lineup when you're you're moving a guy out of position and, and you're breaking lines that way. You know, maybe you just move Hinnestroza over. I think that might be the easiest solution, and you could have Grabner, Hinnestroza, and Fisher uh, on your bottom line. I think that's a pretty easy solution. I also uh, like the idea of maybe moving Soderberg down and then kind of going Keller, Schmaltz, Hinnestroza, uh, or Keller, Schmaltz, Fisher on on that you know third line. So that would be. That, I think that would be the easy. Those would be the easy solutions, but. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility uh, that Shapu gets in there for a game or two. Uh, I had some Twitter questions. I'm going to get to one Twitter question before we before we move on here because I think it's pertinent to what we're uh, what we're discussing uh, right now. That would be uh, as it pertains to the Coyotes' goaltending situation. And uh, what what somebody had asked was. Um, Let's see here. It was Coachy's Jack on Twitter. If Ranta can't come before the All-Star break, do you see Prozvitov starting one of these last two games? I don't see Ivan Prozvitov getting into one of these games. Uh, It it would be nice to see. You know, he's a great goaltending prospect. He's had a fantastic year, and and the Coyotes are extremely, extremely high on Ivan Prozvitov. But at the same time, I think Aiden Aiden Hill is definitely going on Thursday. When it comes to Saturday's game, I think they're going to hope Antti Ranta could come in there. But I think even if Antti Ranta can't, can't play. I think you go with Aiden Hill there. I think Aiden Hill has played well enough to earn these starts. The Coyotes are playing pretty well in front of him. Um, you know, you look at how big these games are, and I mean, that last game is going to be against Edmonton. That's the team that's right behind you. They are nipping. They're more than nipping at your heels. They're dragging you down, uh, hoping to, to move past you. I just don't know about putting that kind of pressure on Prosvitov. Not saying he can't handle it. I'm, the guy's never made an NHL start. He's, you know, he's, he's in his first year as a professional. That's that's a really tough situation to put on Ivan Prosvitov. That is a big game. 
uh, on Saturday. So I, I would say that um, I would say that it would be hard to see Ivan Prozvitov barring an injury. Um, I think I think you'll either see you'll see Aiden Hill on Thursday, and you'll either see Aiden Hill uh, or Antti Ranta on Saturday. And then I think to uh, to to tie a bow on the the conversation about the centers, had another question from John Pletcher on Twitter. What are the odds Barrett Hayton plays at least ten games the rest of the season without factoring in any injuries? Barrett is still recovering his uh, his shoulder injury. If he was healthy right now, I mean that would be your perfect solution to the Brad Richardson injury, right? You get Barrett Hayton in there, you know, and and you're good to go. But uh, I don't think Hayton is going to be ready. I think it's probably after the All-Star break, I think, is when he'll start uh, being healthy enough to play. He he has a grade one uh, AC joint uh, 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 separation uh, sprain in his uh, in his shoulder. So I, I don't think he's going to play uh, on this road trip. That wouldn't be prudent. You know, you bring up Michael Chaput, you have other options. So uh, we're going to take a break here on the, uh, on the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. When we come back, we're going to hear from Rick Tockett on the Gerard Gallant firing and uh, answer the rest of your listener questions. You're listening to Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Lockdown Coyotes podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Richard Morin here, and kind of get to the news of the day today around the NHL, which was the firing, the dismissal of Gerard Gallant, uh, the man who led the Vegas Golden Knights to a Stanley Cup final just a couple of years ago uh, in the franchise's first year of existence. Now, with Gallant's firing, uh, you know, if you want to look at this from a Coyotes perspective, only 10 NHL coaches have been behind the bench longer than Rick Tockett. And he was hired in July of 2017, guys. That's less than three years ago. Less than three full years ago, uh, Rick Tockett was hired. And uh, and guess what? Only only 10 coaches have been on the job longer than Rick at this point. And, you know, you have to think that that number is going to go down even further, uh, you know, whether that happens uh, you know this. Uh, you know the, the rest of this season with teams struggling, or whether that happens. Certainly, there's going to be some dismissals uh, in the summer, as there always is. There, uh, Rick Tockett might be top five. You know, by the time next season starts, uh, because I don't think Rick Tockett is going anywhere, and and that would absolutely just be mind blowing. You have three years. You're on the job for three years, and you're one of the five longest tenured coaches in the league. I mean that. That just seems absolutely uh, unheard of. And, you know, we talked to Rick about this, and I think we, we've talked to Rick's, you know, uh, kind of about this subject in general whenever coaches are fired. But, you know, this was a more of a, this was more of an unorthodox situation, as I explained earlier in the show, where you have a guy who's, you know, supposed to be behind the bench for the Pacific Division. There's a lot of teams who still feel like Vegas is the best team in the Pacific and has the best chance to to win the division, despite the Coyotes being in first place at the moment. Just look at the the pedigree that that Vegas has established in the last couple of years. Some of the players that they have and, and the goaltending and and you name it, right? But uh, for whatever reason, uh, Vegas 
deciding that you know it's it's in their best interest to go without uh, to go without Gerard Gallant for uh, for the the rest of this season and, and and beyond. So it's kind of an awkward situation. And uh, you know, like I said, we, we we talked to Rick about it at length after Wednesday's practice. And uh, I'm going to play you guys uh, the the interview that that we had with Rick and, and kind of asking him some of those questions. So uh, let's let's see what Rick Tuckett had to say about Gerard Gallant's firing. Action to the Gerard Gallant news this morning. I was shocked like everybody. You know, he's a friend of mine. I mean, I think he's a great coach. He did a great job in Florida. He did a great job in Las Vegas. So, you know, that's not my for my. I, I just know for him, I think he's just a great coach. So I feel bad for him. Do you think that the, the industry, your profession, is kind of changing in that regard? I think there's been seven head coaches now yeah. who let go this season. Yeah, it's it's tough because uh, you know I can only speak for myself. You know, obviously the relationship you have with the general manager and the owner, the vision, all that stuff. You know, if when you're on the same page, um, there's going to be bumps in the road. You know, and you know when you have strong le- uh, leadership up top, you know, and they uh, it helps the coach obviously. So um, I, I can't speak for what happened. All I know is that you know the relationships of, of the GM and the owner. You know where you're going to go, you know, how you want to play, what type of players you want. If you're on the same page with the general manager and owner, you know you got a good job of surviving. Um, I guess that's what it comes down. To. And obviously results. So, I mean, obviously his results are pretty damn good. Yeah, when you look at that situation, he he said this to me last year when I did a story on how volatile this business is. Uh, he doesn't like it half the time. He doesn't think it's right. Do you think that coaches just aren't given enough rope now? Well, I mean, listen. It's uh, like I said. It, we're all in it. We know the results. You know, at the end of the day, but. To get the end result, like I told you guys, we, we, we talk around here, it's a commitment to the process. You know, there's a process that you have to go through. And, uh, you know, sometimes the results won't be there right away. And I, 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 I agree with uh, uh, Spuddy, you know, go on. He, uh, I don't, you know, sometimes you don't like it because, you know, sometimes it's not the coach's fault. But, you know, there's always different reasons. And, you know, uh, it's hard for me to speak because, you know, I've been there before. And uh, you know, I, you just you just move on. You know, you, you do your best and you move on. I know it must be shocking for you guys when when you hear this news. I have any coach being fired, but in this specific situation, I mean, this is a guy who is going supposed to be behind the bench of the All Star game. I imagine it's a little bit more unorthodox than a lot of others. Yeah, yeah, it's unprecedented, right? So, like I said, I you know, you just don't know what you know what the deal is. All I know is you know, speaking personally for me, you know, I think he's a he's an excellent. He's been a great friend to me, and he's an um, you know, he's just. I think he's a mentor type of thing. He's, he's just a good guy to to, to bounce ideas off in, in the past, and uh, I like what he's done in Vegas. So there you have it. Those were Rick Tockett's thoughts uh, on the on the uh, firing of Gerard Gallant and, and sort of the overall situation too that I think is has been going on in the NHL when it comes to, uh, uh, like I said, the coaching carousel and, and the, the constant turnover uh, of bench bosses across the NHL has been has been pretty crazy to watch. And, and we're going to get to uh, uh, we're going to get to your your uh, your listener questions here to to wrap things up here on on the podcast. And uh, we mentioned we we mentioned a couple of them that were the more injury-related questions, but uh, we have one here from uh, Christina who asks, considering Galat's firing. Who is the and she puts in parentheses who is the last coach I would have expected to be fired in the league considering uh, their current standings? Is there any worry about Rick Tockett's position? And then she says, "Fingers crossed," and eight ball shaking for a no. 
I don't think there's any concern about Rick talking. I think when you listen to those comments, right, you're you're hearing Rick talk about the relationship. You know, the importance of the relationship between the coach and the general manager and the owner. And everything that I see is that Rick has a great relationship uh, with Johnny, has a great relationship. I know he has a great relationship with Andy, and I haven't really seen him interact too much with, with Alex because Alex Morello isn't around, uh, you know, super often, at least not as often as as, um, as uh, Andy Barraway. But uh, I assume they have a really great relationship uh, as well because I hear nothing but great things about the relationships that Morello has with, uh, you know, the executives such as Chica and and so on and so forth. So I don't, I don't think so. I think there's a really good relationship. And I also think it would be even more bizarre, you know, to see Taka fired because look at what what John Chica has done in terms of remaking the Coyotes roster has been bringing in players who can work for Rick Taka because not a lot of, not a lot of players work like that. Not a lot of players uh, can work for Rick Tockett, not a lot of players can can work under his system. That's why you've seen them, you know, get rid of players such as, you know, maybe a Tony D'Angelo or or Anthony Duclair. And you're seeing players like Duclair and D'Angelo have really good offensive season, but it's really good to have good offensive seasons when you're not really asked to be playing defense. And Ottawa and uh, New York Rangers are not good teams, and they're just teams that don't prevent. And so when you're allowed to just kind of go out there and do whatever you want, it's really not that hard to to perform that way offensively. And and you look at you know they've the Coyotes know they had to bring in players who can do both. They had to bring in players who can play offense and that can also play defense because the Coyotes at least before getting you know Taylor Hall and, and maybe to a lesser extent Phil Kessel, didn't have any superstar talent, so you're not going to win any games just going willy-nilly because if you want to go and play pond hockey with uh, you know with Clayton Keller and and with you know Michael Grabner and Christian Fisher and Vinny Hinnestrosa, like that's fine. But those players are good, but I mean they're not as good as a lot of other superstar players in the league, and they'll bo- they'll bo- beat you in boat races. It's just the way it is. So the Coyotes, I think they realize that the only way we're going to be successful is to is to bring in players who can work under a structured system, and that's kind of the the backbone of what Rick Tockett has has been preaching. So I think it would be a, just a, a step backwards. Feels like it's even too you know too small of a descriptor it would be like a quantum leap backwards if they were to you know kind of start from scratch at this point so uh, i hope that answered your question christina and then the the last question we're going to get to is oh uh, we had kyle hildebrand ask does Tockett replace gallant as the pacific division head coach at the all-star game i addressed this a little bit earlier i think it's definitely possible right like who else you know maybe you have travis green maybe dave tippett old friend dave tippett the head coach of the edmonton oilers former coyotes coach maybe he steps in but Really, it's got to be one of those three guys, right? Like, there's, I mean, am I right? Like, it's got to be one of those three. That's that would be my, that, those would be uh, uh, my thoughts. So, uh, I th- but I think Target. I think if I, you know, if I was a, a betting man, I would say Target probably probably does it. Like I said, cancel a few two times, but I think he can get it done. Um, and then finally, we have Justin Hamilton. Do you have a guess on what on what it's going to cost to re-sign Garland if he keeps playing like this? I think it's a good question. Uh, I think it's important to understand that Garland is signed through next season as well, so the Coyotes don't have to worry about that right now. He's still signed to a, a very, very team-friendly contract. I think it was a pretty proactive signing by John Chica to say, hey, you know, if this guy keeps producing like that, you know, he's going to price himself you know, out of us. The Coyotes are a cap team, so they don't exactly have a ton of, of room to spend money. They're already spending to the cap, and it's going to be hard enough for them to you know, try and re-sign Taylor Hall with given their current cap situation. So Connor Garland, they don't have to worry about that right now. Now he's signed through next season on a, a very friendly deal, making uh, under a million dollars, I believe. So uh, that's that's nice to have uh, your leading goal scorer making under a million dollars. That that certainly uh, that's certainly a value deal. But I think if Garland keeps scoring at this pace and he's on, you know what, probably like a twenty-five, 
25, 20, 28 goal pace, you know, for a season right now, at least based on what he's done. Uh, those players get a pretty penny. Those those players get a pretty penny. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Is Garland going to be able to keep this going? You know, everybody keeps saying no way, but it's been, you know, 13, 14 months now since Garland's been in the NHL and he's shown no sign of, of slowing down. So uh, it's hard to say. You know, I think he could definitely fetch a, you know, a few million, you know, maybe, maybe 4 million. Is that, is that too, I mean, he's going to get more than that. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does the rest of this year. I think playing with, with Taylor Hall certainly just does nothing but increases value. So, um, but, uh, right now the Coyotes don't have to worry about it. You know, like I said, under, under a million dollars. So, so those were your, your listener questions, guys. Thanks for getting in the first time. I kind of, I just kind of randomly tweeted and you guys came in. So maybe if you're hearing this now and, you know, follow me on Twitter at RA Morin underscore AZC. And, uh, uh, before some podcasts, I'll, I'll go out and, and ask for some, uh, if you guys want to discuss anything in particular and, you know, we'll talk about it on the, on the podcast and give you a little shout out on Twitter. So appreciate you guys, uh, doing that. I appreciate you listening to episode two of, of my run on, on the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the, the uh, Locked On podcast network. Of course, you can find our podcast anywhere, Apple, Google, Stitcher, uh, Megaphone, and of course on AZ, uh, sports.azcentral.com as well, guys. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe if you liked it. It goes a long way, and uh, we'll be seeing you guys next time.